Welcome to Entertainment Talk TV, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for the television that we want to talk about. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Grey. How are you doing, Grey? Hello, I am fine, thank you. Good, good. Uh, So as some of you may or may not know, this might be your first ever Entertainment Talk podcast, Uh, but for some of you that do or don't know, I just took a uh, three-week podcast break, and uh, in that time I watched a bunch of uh, TV and uh, so I thought it would be good uh, to do a TV talk the, the same same week that I sort of come back or whatever. So uh, that's what we decided to do. Uh, and I wanted Gray to come on the podcast and join me and talk about some shows that uh, we've both seen, some that he's seen, some that I've seen as well. Uh, we don't actually know what we've got in each other's lists. Uh, but we're going to go through and uh, talk about some of those stuff as well. Of course, all spoiler free because there's a dozen different shows here. So uh, we're just going to go through them. Fantastic. Cool, um, but um, yeah, I'll go on with mine first then I suppose. Uh, I jumped back to Apple TV+, Plus, which I have some issues with, which I'll also talk about in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, not necessarily the service, service itself, but uh, more of its uh, accessibility, I suppose, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. I watched um, Central Park, which uh, I think the the week that I was going to go on a podcast break, that was starting its episodes. I then, for some reason, forgot that it came out, because sometimes I, I do that as well. Uh, then I sort of was, was sitting there and I was thinking, okay, which TV shows haven't I caught up with yet? And then I remembered Central Park was uh, was on there. So I signed up to Apple TV+, Plus, um, which gave me another free trial, because I haven't used it since... Uh, I want to say around Christmas because that's when I finished watching the morning show, which aired mm. from about uh, November till December, roughly, or some point before that, maybe. Um, and I watched the the whole of that first season, so that was the last time I actually used Apple TV Plus. So obviously, I had a new uh, free trial I could use, which does expire on Monday. Uh, it's not a month; it's actually for a week. So I've got to make make the most of that. Uh, but yeah, Central Park is this animated comedy about. Uh, Kind of like life in the park, and there's this big emphasis on because so many people in, of course, it's the you know heart of New York and well one of the hearts of New York, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, lots of people visit there on their lunch breaks, and they leave a lot of rubbish behind because not everybody actually uses bins because some people aren't very nice. But um, <laughs> it's it's sort of about this, not just the cleanup crew. It's about sort of their families and some other characters and. This character played by Josh Gad, who is the voice of Olaf from uh, Frozen and Frozen 2. And he also played a character in the really bad film called Artemis Fowl, which just came out on... Uh, oh, I, I, saw, I saw a bit of that. That is a terrible film. <laughs> yeah, I talked about that this week on uh, on Geek Town. So if you want to hear more about that, um, yeah, it wasn't very good. But uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about that because it was <laughs> disappointing. But he he's in that as well. He's doing this like narrator thing in there or whatever. But uh, he's in this film uh, in in this TV show, sorry, and he's playing one of the one of the animated characters, and uh, he's sort of the one that's like trying to cheer people up. He's got like this, uh, I think it's a guitar or something like that, a cello, something like that. One one of them handheld sort of instruments, and uh, he's talking to the main guy who's running the. Um, uh, the, the the rubbish people and that the the bin men sorry uh that that particular group and he's trying to sort of lift their spirits and then there's this thing that happens in a slightly later episode where they come across a sort of crisis to where um one of the delivery trucks gets like stuck 
all like stuck in traffic and they're like completely overf- overflown with uh, with rubbish um, but uh, overall I do like the show I do think it's heading in an interesting direction it's one of them shows where I sort of think okay you need to pay attention but don't take it too seriously kind of thing to where like okay there's important things going on but you can watch it in more of that sort of fun loose kind of mindset if you get what I mean to where like it's not you know dead serious all the time and all the sort of stuff there's some kind of serious stuff that happens but there's also some more comedic stuff that happens most of which does come from Josh Gad's uh character because he's the one that's trying to sort of be fine and lift everybody else's spirits and uh and that sort of thing um, is it animated by the same people who do Bob's Burgers is I th- that I is think that it is my memory uh... yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I lo- looking at the design and animation online. I remember thinking the characters are designed in a very similar way. Um, is it stylistically worked? Does it? Is it yeah. got a good like uh, like music and that? Does it all go well with it? Yeah, yeah. I think that all works pretty well for it. Um, for Bob Bob's uh, Burgers, I've only seen a promo thing. I think at some point it was running on like E4 or. I don't know, it's some other sort of channel, but yeah. I, I do know I've only ever seen like a trailer for Bob's Burgers, but I do know I do know which show you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it is it is similar to that in a way, but yeah, the music works, the um, the animation's great, and all that sort of stuff. The characters are really good. Uh, so overall, it's it's one of them shows where like it's half an hour a week. It's a fun little kind of comedy with some slightly more serious kind of things going on there's some characters that like question themselves and that sort of thing uh but overall it's a it's a it's a good fun show that you can just kind of not totally switch your brain off because you will need to keep track of kind of the status of the park because there's also other characters that are connected to that um in a different kind of way which i won't really get into because that'll be more sort of spoiler territory but keeping an eye on like okay who's kind of in charge of the park and what's sort of going on that's one thing you'll need to kind of pay attention to but it's still very much a show that you can watch kind of casually or whatever so and does uh, it drop weekly or is it all there matt uh it's uh weekly it's on fridays i think so uh because when i went to check on um apple tv plus it said new episodes fridays uh, so there should be a new one this week. So I, I've seen all of the, I think it's five episodes that have come out. Um, yeah, pretty sure it was five episodes for, from last week. Of course, there'll be a new one uh, tomorrow for episode six. Uh, but no, it's been pretty good uh, so far. Have you seen any of this? Sure. No, I'm, I've been in a real quandary about getting the Apple uh, Plus uh, platform. Um, I've heard mixed feelings on accessibility to it, but also I understand that it hasn't got huge amounts of content and if i'm i've got now and i've got netflix and i've got amazon prime and it's that to me it's a justification um and i can only, i'm only watching tvs in the evenings and weekends at the moment due to working so i just i wasn't ready to get it until right, i thought right. there was a little bit more content i've heard great things about the morning show defending jacob i've seen some really good reviews of um uh, c and the m night Shalaman. Um, program as well so i I think there's a nice enough content there Uh, i just don't know if i could get it all done in a week to have the free trial so it might just be further down the line i'm going to go for it um Mm -hmm. but obviously i don't know how i'm going to get it because i've heard the complications about how you can access it and what platform how do you access yours yeah i should probably talk about my problems there shouldn't i um so when i used it in december for the morning show i'm 99 percent sure i used it through um basically i've got an xbox one and it has like because it's owned by microsoft there's the there's the microsoft edge internet browser thing so it's not like a chrome it's not firefox it's nothing like that it's the microsoft edge and i watched it through that 
And I went back on and thought like, oh, I can just do what I did before, log in, and then just, you know, sign up, use my Apple ID thing. I got a code through my phone to say, okay, is this, you know, are, you, are you verifying this? Did all that. It was, a, that sign up process was a little bit more complicated than what it needed to be. But nonetheless, that, that part of it was fine. And I clicked on it. It said, um, uh, watch the show or go, go to show or something like that. And then I clicked on it and then the episode like went to load. And then I went to click on like full screen because I needed to do that as well for some reason. Uh, and then it just came up with a, a message that was like, okay, your, your web browser is not supported. And I thought, oh, I've just signed up for the free trial. This runs out in a week. And then I thought, okay, so I can't get this on my uh, PS4 because there's no reason it would work in the same web browser. I probably should have actually tried that. I probably will do that to, to, um, when I go to watch next episode. Uh, but there's no actual Apple TV app on the PS4 or the Xbox. Roku's the other box that I've got. It's not available on that. It's available on, of course, the Apple TV box, which costs extra money to actually go and get that. Um, I could, if I wanted to, go on this laptop and watch it through Chrome. But I don't really want to watch like TV on my laptop nah, sort of thing. That's, it ruins uh, the experience. So the episodes that I did actually watch, I ended up watching through my phone because it was the only other option which for for a, a small kind of animated show wasn't so bad i wouldn't want to watch like a big like the witcher or game of thrones on my phone i wouldn't want to do something you know the, the big kind of spectacular shows mm. and that sort of stuff this, this is very much a small animated comedy about a park and i'm okay with with watching that on my phone but i need to see if there's any other ways of doing that but um yeah so in terms of accessibility it was it is a bit more limited and considering this thing's been out since november of last year you would have thought that they would have released on consoles by now but they obviously haven't got those deals done no. uh, which is a bit of a shame so i don't know about the the u.s if they're because obviously you've got a playstation and xbox in the u.s um i don't know if it works over there on those or or on different devices i'm not really sure but uh i think what the draw is supposed to be is like okay if you get an apple tv box hence giving them more money for a box and, and all that sort of thing uh you plug that into a tv and then you subscribe to apple through that i think that's maybe what they're trying to sort of trying to sort of go for um but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised they just haven't got it a little better for the audience. I mean, to rely on everyone using iOS devices. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit lazy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, the show's good. So, uh, and yeah, like you said, the morning show that was really, really good. Uh, looking forward to season two, whenever that's going to be. I don't know if they've shot the second season of that, but uh, that is that is coming back for a second season, and that was really good. Uh, yeah. Moving over to Netflix, I watched uh, Lost in Space season two. I've got sort of the same opinion as what I had as the first season. It's a casual kind of family-friendly space survival adventure sort of thing. Again, it's another one where, like, there's some... Almost kind of echoing my thoughts from uh, Central Park here, but it's one of them shows where, like, don't completely switch your brain off from it and watch it that way because there is some uh, serious kind of stuff that happens. But you can you can watch it as a bit more of a casual family-friendly kind of thing as well uh there was also i won't spoil the specifics of it but there's some callbacks to to jurassic park in this second season which isn't maybe something that any of you expected me to say but uh yeah there's some (laughs) interesting little sort of you can call them callbacks easter eggs that 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 sort of thing for for jurassic park and uh, i thought that worked really really well within the context of how it's happening in the episode which i won't uh say here but if if some of you have seen the second season you might know what i'm talking about there's a couple of episodes where they sort of lean on some of those some of those things and i thought it worked pretty well so i thought that was good uh i don't have a ton to say about that though that was 10 episodes for the for its second season that was really good um 
and uh, yeah, that's been renewed for a third and final season in in uh, twenty twenty one. So uh, that was really good as well. Have you seen season two or season? No, one? it was never on my radar to be honest. It was um yeah, I I remember seeing it and thinking, do I want to get involved? There's I have horrible memories of a Matt LeBlanc <laughs> movie back in the early noughties that I never watched. So no, I I never actually got into space for um uh, yeah, not got to Lost in Space. Oh, there are so many space related <laughs> programs at the moment. It's just like <laughs> yeah, no. Missed that one, uh, but no, it's a show I'd recommend. Uh, I don't have a, a ton, like I said, to say about it. Uh, and the things I do want to talk about, where they are more spoilery things, so I'll have to leave them maybe, maybe for another time. Um, but no, I, I'd recommend it. It's a show that's good and uh, it's family friendly and and that sort of thing. So that was good as well. Uh, feel good on all four. This has been out for a little bit, and uh, it's just been sitting there on my continue watching thing because I start I I loaded the episode so that it would be on my continue watching thing, so I'd remember it would would be there. Um, and uh, I just kept not pressing play for some reason, and then uh, you know, as weeks went by, and Brooklyn Nine Nine and Rick and Morty have been on it, just kept sort of sitting there because uh, those other two shows are obviously on um, E4 as well. Both of those mm. have finished their seasons. I'm pretty sure. I think Brooklyn Nine Nine's finished its current season. I know I know Rick and Morty has, but uh, Feel Good was on there as well. So I thought, you know what? I'm on a podcast break. I'm supposed to be watching this stuff that I haven't got to yet. I really, really enjoyed this first season. I really thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was very touching in certain places. I thought it was quite emotional in certain places. I also thought it was funny in the correct places as well. Um, I won't spoil the exact nature of things, but Lisa Kudrow from, uh, of course, Phoebe from Friends, uh, yeah. she's in the show and her character brings some interesting situations. Uh, which are both she it's interesting with her character now that I kind of think about it a bit she brought some of the comedy and some of the more awkward moments to the show where certain characters like were sort of saying to her okay we, we don't want you to sort of do this or talk about this or act this way in this sort of situation and uh, some of it was both funny and some of it was was kind of serious as well so she did a really good job but um I thought it was a very, very good first season. It's six episodes. Uh, they're both. They're all pretty short. They're about 22, 25 minutes each. So I got through it pretty quick. But uh, no, it's a show that I'd, I'd recommend for its first season. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, have you seen any of that? I have, yes. I, I saw it on its original um, run. And I, I, I was okay. really, really... Uh... I really enjoyed it. I, I binged it in I think two days, um, and it was really interesting in in my in my line of work as well. Obviously, I work in mental health. We were looking at Pride and LGBT and some programs that have really sort of demonstrated good examples uh, in a little working group I was in, mm-hmm. and I I said this one had come back on, and it's actually on all four in their Pride box sets at the moment, and I think it's a really good representation. Um, of relationships in the LGBT community. So, um, I, yeah, absolutely applaud it for that. And Lisa Kudrow is doing some good turns in some of the TV programs that she's choosing to appear in at the moment. You know, um, she's, she's, uh, getting back out there and, uh, yeah, she's, she's so talented. You just underestimate her talent really in some of the things she puts in, but no, I'd, yeah, she's done some uh, some good stuff, uh, but yeah, that's a show I'd recommend as well. Not definitely not a family friendly show, so don't no. don't watch that one with <laughs> with your with the children. Uh, save Lost in Space for that. But um, you know, I thought that was I thought that was really good. I went in with kind of middle expectations and thought like, okay, I've heard good things about this, but that doesn't always mean that something's going to be good. And uh, it uh, yeah, it uh, impressed me quite a bit. So. 
Uh, one other show which didn't really impress me very much for its second season, but did with its first season, uh, You Season 2, which got released. There was there was a bunch of shows last year around Christmas that Netflix released mm. at once. I think it was Boxing Day. Uh, Witcher Season 1 came out on the 20th. I did the, uh, the binge podcast thing for that at the time. Um... There was, yeah, You Season 2, and, uh, yeah, it was Lost in Space as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is the second season for that. So all of them came out at once, and I just couldn't get around to them at the time. Um, just I just could not get into the second season. And as I was considering, you know, what uh, how to use my time during this break and all that, and uh, which shows to pick and choose from, I got, I think I got about maybe to the end of Episode 2 or 3, and I was just like, I, I don't know... You know, it, it, the show just wasn't clicking with me, and I kind of thought, like, should they have stopped at the end of season one? And part of me thinks that they maybe should have. Um, there, there is a third season in the works; it has been yeah. renewed. But I was kind of going through the second season, and I was like, it's just not got as clear of a plan as what the first season had. And one of the mistakes I think that they make in the second season, granted, I don't know how it all turns out because I haven't seen the whole season. But one of the things I don't think works is in the first season, Joe—I think his name's Joe. Is focused on one girl and his kind of obsession with her and, you know, how that turns into a relationship and that sort of stuff. I thought that worked really well. In the second season, they have two women and one of which he's trying to, like, go for quite a lot. And the other one he's, like, torn on, but they've, like, agreed to be friends. And I, I, it, I it sort of thought like they, I sort of thought like they were, or it felt like they were sort of throwing the character just a bit all over the place. Like, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Whereas in the first season... He felt a lot sort of clearer about oh. what he what he wanted from well from life and from the situation and that and how he wanted to deal with certain people. But yeah, the second the the two or three episodes that I saw of the second season just felt a little bit all over the place. And I was like, okay, what is wh- where are you actually like going? I couldn't I couldn't sort of tell at all, and I couldn't tell like what to sort of focus on or what parts to sort of I, I don't know. It, it felt a little bit all over the place to me. So, oh, Matt, I wanted you to you needed to push through. There's a real turn in the storyline and i think it is about episode four and that really takes it in a new direction and you start to you start to see the development of his character i can see what you meant yeah the first couple of episodes i remember watching it because i think it dropped on boxing day and we made a plan Mm -hmm. to sort of binge it um across a week um and yeah there were some real dry moments early on and then it got to like episode four and then it became bingeable it was like oh my god i've got to watch the next episode because the 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 characters i see we say the characters um really come into their own around episode four the character i can't i'm trying to say so much without spoiling it (laughs) there's a character that becomes an absolute core focal point and that's the one that you need to follow and i think in the first two you don't know because it's muddying the waters with with um uh, an overthrow from episode um series one but yes um it's up to you obviously but if you were to go back and you got to episode four i think it would have smoothed out a little bit Mm -hmm. um i'm 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 looking forward to season three it was just a a bit of an obsession when i first saw it last year and so when it dropped this year um 2019 i was like we're gonna watch it again we're gonna watch it again so yeah cool um but yeah i just kind of kept feeling like okay what what does joe want and what is he kind of going for and i just couldn't see where where it was sort of going so uh you've kind of given me a bit of encouragement to go to maybe go back and uh push through a couple more episodes but i was kind of sitting and i was like okay yeah i do have the time for this but do i want to just watch something different and then i I think i just switched to something else but uh yeah so 
Um, but at least I know that if I do go through the, get through the second season, I know that there's a third one. So that's good as well. Uh, and then I wanted to end at least my section on a really positive note. I did talk about it this week on Geek Town, but I want to talk about it, well, again and a little bit more. Uh, Dragon Prince, which is an animated show on Netflix. I really, really enjoyed the three seasons. It could have ended at the end of season three, but there's a little something that they throw in there at the end of season three that means there should be a season four. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed what they did with these with these first three seasons. I uh, the, the first season was quite a while ago, and then the second and third season came out. I sort of forgot that the second season came out, and then the third one was there, and I thought, okay, now that I've kind of got a bit more time, I'll go through the uh, season two and season three. There was an early point in season two where I can't remember exactly what happened necessarily, but I sort of thought, like, okay, I really care about what's going to happen to these characters. I really care about them and their relationships and the goals that they're trying to do and uh, even things that are happening with the, with the villain and that I thought was really interesting. And, um, yeah, it was it's a fun, kind of charming show and, and all that sort of stuff. And the, the animation was improved uh, with the second season as well because they changed the animation style from uh, season one to season two. And uh, I can't remember exactly what it looked like in season one, but it definitely looks pretty good for uh, seasons two and three. But it it just got better and better as better and better. Sorry, uh, as as I went through and uh, really really enjoyed that for its uh, the uh, well all, all three of the seasons, but specifically season two and three. Uh, there's apparently a because uh, I looked up to see if there was any information about season four, and I ended up coming across information that uh, there's a video game apparently in in development. I don't know who's supposed to be actually making that, but. Uh, I haven't seen that talked about really like anywhere else unless it's like in the really really early stages or something so um, I'm not sure if that's going to be what season 4 would have been or if it's going to be some sort of like spin off or something like that but it is supposed to be set in uh, the same universe but uh, echoing kind of what I said um, earlier on Geek Town this week if you were disappointed with Game of Thrones uh, the, the, the ending and the, the final season and that which a lot of people were I wasn't myself but uh, a lot of people were I'd I'd highly recommend this show. I mean, I'd, I'd highly recommend it anyway because it's a very good show, uh, and it's also a family-friendly show, so you can watch it with the kids and all that sort of thing, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you were disappointed with Game of Thrones, I think that some of the stuff that they do in season three is a bit more Game of Thrones esque. It, it it's kind of like if if you took Game of Thrones. If you made it animated, made it more family friendly, because of course Game of Thrones isn't. <laughs> uh, if you made it more family friendly and all that, change the plot to where instead of it being about an Iron Throne, it's about getting this dragon back to the dad dragon or whatever whatever it's called. Uh, about getting him back to back to him. So that's what it's what it's about. There is no Iron Throne or anything like that. Um, and yeah, you, you kind of take it from there. That's sort of what it's like. So regardless of if you have or haven't seen Game of Thrones or did or didn't like it, regardless of all of that, I'd still recommend it quite highly anyway. Uh, have you seen any of this? No, and I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, unfortunately. So uh, even okay. in your thing, I was like, I'm not sure if I'll go for it. I, I think I was one of these people that missed the boat with Game of Thrones um, and it got to just too late for me to try and pick it up and then I wanted to be one of those people who had never watched it, being like, oh, yeah, I've never mm-hmm. seen it. <laughs> um, so, no, I've not heard of this. And even like when you were talking about it, I've done a little a search for it just to sort of learn more about it. Uh, it's nothing that's ever come on my radar, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of a hidden gem, I think, on Netflix. It's one of them shows where, like, if you know about it, you've probably seen it. But if you 
don't know about it then obviously haven't seen it so uh, I've seen a few people talk about it here and there but a little bit of a hidden gem I think on Netflix I think that's a Netflix original as well so no matter where you are in the world it should be available to you on Netflix Uh, that's three seasons there's nine episodes in each season I think and they're about 20 minutes half an hour so uh, that's a really good watch as well so that's uh, most of the TV that I've been watching in the last well two or three weeks sort of thing Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show, too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Uh, What shows do you want to talk about, Gray? Um, I'm going to do sort of one old, one new, and just a flurry of things that I've sort of finished in the last week. So I'll go for the old one first. I, I say old just taken me a while to get round to like you were talking <laughs> about you um i finally finished titans season two Ooh. um on netflix it's taken me a while and i don't know why it took me a while and sometimes i do question like if i'm enjoying a program i want to sort of get through it really quickly but with titans i think i've been watching it since the second week of release but it's just taken me so long between episodes and i just didn't feel it didn't pick up enough momentum for me. The storyline just kept going in all these different directions but and not centralising. And then I found there were too many Titans. And it was just, yeah, for me, it just was very 
slow and i wonder if that means am i going off of it <laughs> it's a, a question that i'm sort of like you know did i enjoy it enough to really look forward to season three i like the way they've ended it and where it could go but there's a question mark over it mm-hmm. um, i i very much agree uh, i don't know if you uh, know that I, re- I reviewed the second season and um but in this sort of subheading for it, I put that there was no structure in the season because I didn't think that there was any structure. No. And uh, I, I'm, I don't remember every word that I said, obviously, in the review, but I remember I, I slammed into the show quite a bit because I was just thoroughly disappointed. Um, I enjoyed the first season. I thought the first season set up a potential good future for the show, which it could still have that good future. I kind of maintained saying that in the second season review that, like, okay, even though these first two seasons have been kind of a bit a bit off and a little bit all over the place, there is something there, isn't there, in Titans, where you can kind of see, like, okay, if, if you just sort this show out a little bit, maybe sort out some of the characters, give balance screen time out a bit. I mean, goodness me. Uh, balance screen time a bit with these characters and sort of... Well, sort out Rachel, who's one of the worst written characters I've ever seen, um, <laughs> as well. Sort her, just give her whoever's writing her. Just, just take that, put that person somewhere else. And just, just give her a new writer. Actually, let me write her or something. I don't know. Man. But yeah, um, I continue to be really frustrated with that character. That's uh, Raven, isn't it, Rachel? Yeah. Uh, that character, and uh, yeah, I I went into the season quite a bit. And uh, I won't I won't go into obviously spoilers here, but especially in the spoiler section, I uh, wasn't very happy with certain choices that were made. So um... I think I've, I've come from it from a point of view like uh, I'm an Arrowverse fan and I watch a lot of I watch Flash and a Supergirl mm-hmm. and Legends. And I think part of me just wanted a sense of them being a unit and fighting like villains. But we don't get that. And that's. That's the frustration with going on all these stories. And and it doesn't make logical sense because, as you know, episode one feels like the end of season one. Yeah, I feel like they yeah. should have put episode one and the end of season one and started from episode two. So that frustrated me and got on my nerves as well. I just I just felt it was lost and they don't even have a global pandemic to blame that that was the story writer's decision and so you know when season three comes out i will really think is it worth my time i only probably watched it because it was a global pandemic and i had time to watch it otherwise it probably would have stayed on my still watching and then slowly drifted off because i hadn't watched it in enough time um but yeah not not hugely happy with that one yeah I, i definitely have to agree with you quite strongly there uh, it, it took me a while as well, and I kept saying to people, I am going to review the second season, I just haven't finished it. Uh, and then I had, like, I, I got up to about episode seven, watched seven episodes, didn't really like what was kind of going on in that, and then watched to about episode ten, then took another break, and I thought, okay, there's three episode, two or three episodes left, however many there were. I watched them and just kind of got the review out, and then uh, I, I had a good moan. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but some people might think, okay, Matt, why are you still watching the show? And that, as I, as I kind of said before, I can, I can, I'm looking at Titans, and I think that okay, that there is some, there's a version of that show still with the same cast, still with the same characters, and all that. Still, that this, there's a version within that show that's good, and they just need to find out how to pull that out and actually show that to to the audience instead. Uh, some people have, you know, said, "Oh, well, I've really, really enjoyed the season and all that," and you know, that's that's completely fine if you enjoyed uh, second season of Titans or the first one or whatever. That's uh, completely fine, obviously. But uh, I, part of me just looks at the show and thinks, "Okay, there's a good version of this show here, but you're just not you're not getting to it." Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, just speaking about because you you hinted a little bit of the structure and things like that, and 
as I was just watching some of these episodes, I was like, there's just no, yeah, no structure. I don't know whatever way to sort of describe yeah. it, but uh, yeah, so okay. yeah. But I, uh, so I, so I will be checking out the third season, hoping that it can at least somewhat turn into that good show I think it can be. So, um, but that probably won't be till yeah, some point next year. I don't yeah. know if they, I don't know if they filmed the third season or what state the show's in, but uh, pretty certain they weren't. They hadn't filmed that one, had they? Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. That might be a bit caught in limbo as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, my something new that I finished, um, I finished this week. Only, only I watched it in like two blocks. Was Alex Rider. So Alex Rider was released onto Amazon Prime at the first week of June, um, and it's based on the books um, Alex Rider, Teenage Spy by um, I think it's Anthony Horowitz. I'm so sorry, I've got that wrong, and it's not Anthony, but it's. Um, so they had a film, a terrible film, back in the early 2000s, um, with Alex Pettifer in the lead role, um, called Stormbreaker, and the the author publicly condemned the movie version and really was so disappointed. It was pitched to be like a. 10 movie franchise but the first movie was so poorly received that it sort of went into hibernation the whole creative idea until it got picked up again with this new modern retelling um that came onto amazon prime and i really did quite enjoy it i mean for a youth novel and trying to target the younger audience it's quite dark and actually therefore appeals appeal to me and obviously um, i'm in my 30s and i'm that's fine but it has it has some really good storylines and i've reading between the lines that they've sort of taken the second book they've skipped the first book and they've taken the second book and turned it into season one um eight episodes really good strong acting the person playing at the actor playing alex rider really good look 16 apparently he's in his early 20s um vicky mcclure from line of duty she's in it um she plays his handler she's brilliant she's you know really really good placement of the role um and yeah i enjoyed it it's, it's like a mini spy novel i've been through it two sittings one like the week after it got released and then uh this week i finished the rest of it and i, I really hope they're making season two three four five and they can explore the films and <laughs> get some sort of justice for the author who who hated this movie version uh back in the early 2000s um has it come across your radar at all matt i've scrolled past it a few times um i do kind of have the interest because you both you and david this week have said that it was uh it was pretty good and a couple of people who i've seen online have said it has been quite good it sounds like something that is kind of up my alley uh in terms of that sort of stuff so i'll i'll check it out eventually i don't actually have i'm not actually subscribed to amazon prime yet i'm not using it for uh anything particularly because of course i just went back to apple for uh for their central park thing and i've got disney plus and netflix so i um i'll, I'll get to it eventually once i sort of rejuggle my uh streaming services and that sort of thing um but uh no it's, it sounds like one that's one that's up my alley i just sort of need to get back to it and get back to to amazon so yeah um and the last thing i just wanted to talk about and i know you you do podcasts but I, on this and I, have, but I haven't had a chance to chat to you it's like the end episodes for the flash and supergirl i sort of finished them in the last week um and obviously we know that they were affected by um the coronavirus and filming and so they had to do sort of like these drop endings which didn't tie everything up but um would uh, try and do it in the best way possible and sort of think about where how you think they're gonna sort of play those out as we go back and they've gone through such significant change since the crossover episodes um we're in completely new territory with both of them in terms of their setup and their structure 
Um, and I think I'm falling out of love with Flash more, and that used to be my favourite. And but I'm sort of enjoying where Supergirl's going, and I don't know what what are your feelings on it, and um, where did you find yourself sitting at the end of those episodes? Uh, with Supergirl, um, I can't actually remember. How, I remember how the season of the Flash ended, but not with uh, Supergirl particularly. But with the Flash, um, there was a villain because obviously we weren't going to spoilers and stuff. But with no. the with the villain that they had at the start, they sort of dropped off from them and moved it to to a sort of new villain, and that kind of went a bit weird and that. Um, but I I think they 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 were doing some interesting stuff. Now that I kind of think about the Flash a little bit more. They've not not as bad, not anywhere near as bad as Titans, but they've got they've got some structure issues, I think, as well. Especially with with, with this season, particularly, I think, with trying to pick and choose a villain has been maybe mm, one of its yeah. one of its troubles for for a couple of seasons. I remember particularly from last season, I sort of said that was one of the one of the problems as well because they had was it Cicada last season, yeah, and I kept saying because because we do the. Um, CW Superheroes podcast and one of the things I was saying to Robert at the time who I do those with uh, I was kind of saying like when are they going to move from Cicada to the next villain and they sort of didn't do that or sort of did no. but they did it really late because the, the, the thing I've always wanted them shows to do is because you have 22 episodes and you do 8 and then the ninth episode usually the crossover and then you have what 13 more or whatever one of the things I'd like them to do is have a first half villain that does bleed a little bit into the second half, but then that gets concluded in some way, and then you have another villain who's already been set up potentially to finish off the season. That yeah. way, you, that way you've got kind of actually you've actually got half a season with uh, different villains as opposed to having almost twenty two, twenty three episodes with the same villain. Because then you kind of think like, okay, why hasn't Flash taken you down, or why haven't you killed the Flash, kind of thing. Um, it it, it kind of got somewhat to to that point as well mm. a, a little bit. Um, I think um, yeah, season six was the most recent one. Wasn't it? I do think season six improved from season five a little bit in terms of the villain stuff, but uh, other than that, they've still got a little bit of stuff to sort out. And granted, they still had what three or four episodes that they were gonna do, so maybe they were sorted some of that out. We we don't really know, but uh, yeah, o- overall, I think they got a bit of a little bit of fixing to do. Um, with with some of those shows, I was also kind of surprised with, given the fact that we got into the post crisis situation and it was supposed to be Earth Prime, everybody was on that Earth. I don't really feel like in any of the shows they used it that much. They did do some stuff with um, Batwoman with its second half, which was which was actually directly affected from Crisis. But some of the other shows just sort of felt like they were business as usual a little bit, and they didn't mm. fully take advantage of like, okay, you're all on the same Earth. Look, Flash, if you need some help from Supergirl, or if Flash needs help from, you know, vice versa or whatever, or if Batwoman needs help from the Flash or something, you can go to her city because she's in on the same earth as you, and you're not that... Especially for someone like the Flash or Supergirl, who can fly or run there to a different city, and you could maybe do, like, smaller crossover little cameo stuff, but they just... They, they didn't seem to quite do that, because I remember when they got to the end of their... Uh, fifth crisis episode and they had that thing didn't they where uh it was supergirl and flash in the same little part of town and we kind of thought like okay now that they're literally only cities apart instead of earths apart earths apart sorry uh they could use that a little bit more but they didn't really ever do that and i hope that they do some of that 
um, next season. So, yeah. what about you? Sort of, I just felt it got lost. There was some loss in the middle. In my, I remember getting really angry um, because they had the terrible episodes where it seemed like all the cast had been sent on holiday, and you had this real filler <laughs> cast doing episodes around the Valentines was really bad, and then you. It almost like what's going on behind the scenes yes um frost in real life she's pregnant so her her acting and had to be reduced quite significantly towards the end but there were so many little mini storylines and then one character going off for a block of episodes and then returning and you're like well, what were you off to? and and I just yeah. I lost a bit of faith in something that that was always my strong suit. Um, and then if you put it into Legends, I know Legends have still got a few episodes left. They have really hung on to the overflow of Crisis and their season has spun off and is sort of going in a really positive direction. I'm sort of understanding the storyline and where they're going. Supergirl was OK. There's a lot of frustration. They do play back to the crisis episode but yeah what you were saying the frustration about them being in the same world but not really acknowledging it is quite you know yes logistically i'm sure that greg Belanti wanted to just make it a little bit more sense for crossovers in the future but also logistically just remember that they're only cities apart now so they should impact each other mm-hmm. um they're going in some interesting directions with Supergirl, with the whole Lex Luthor um, element, having him as a major character back in the show. And, uh, you know, spoiler free, but hopefully most people should know now that he's a major character. But um, I, yeah, he, I... He was I, in the crossover and all that as yeah. well, wasn't he? Lex. Yeah. So, so and, you know, they're going to come back, but now they've said Melissa Benyest is pregnant, so that's going to delay Supergirl even more. I would be surprised if we don't get a crossover next year or the crossover is very sort of I, th- I think it's supposed basic. to be a small one between I think it's Batwoman and Superman okay uh, the, it's either Supergirl or Superman but I know Bat- it's Batwoman and somebody it's what, one of them two but given what you've just said and what you've reminded me of it was probably Superman and his, he also has a new show starting so that might lean into some stuff in that so yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure it was them too so. I mean, I'm really excited about the Lois and Superman starting, mm-hmm. um, but I just hope it doesn't push me to sort of turn off the Flash because there's a limitation to what I can sort of watch in it. And I like the fact that Legends is always later on in the season because, you know, winter's so many programs in the winter that when it comes to this time of year, you you know, you've got a bit more time and Legends can go on to miss slate of watching. But yeah, so I've, I finally finished them. Um, well, and... One other little thing I wanted to just add is, uh, it, yeah, just the fact of like that they've kind of got an opportunity in a way. I know there's loads of episodes for these shows. They've got 22 a season, and then there's like five or six of them. Um, wh- one thing I'm surprised I haven't done a little bit more is if you do have some of them more little cameo kind of things, where like let's say Supergirl needs help from the Flash, he runs to I've forgotten the name of her city. Is it National City? Supergirl City? I think oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, the name of that. Yeah, National City. Yeah. Let's say, like, Flash runs over there for an episode because Supergirl needs help, or Supergirl needs to go over to his his place or his town or whatever to help him. You've got an opportunity there to kind of self-promote your own shows because if you make it to the point where, like, let's say you're only watching The Flash or something and you get to that episode and Supergirl pops up and she mentions maybe some stuff that's going on with the Luthers, Lena and Lex, or she mentions some other stuff... You've got an opportunity to where you can sort of say like you can sort of slyly mention what's going on to the point where that person who only watches The Flash might think, oh, I might have to check out Supergirl. She seems pretty cool. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe 
Um, I can't really say the same thing for Arrow because it's finished. But let's say she then pops up over on... Let's say you're only watching Supergirl and then she pops over on... Um, sorry, Batwoman goes over to Supergirl but you're only watching Supergirl. And Batwoman maybe does the same stuff to where she's mentioning things that kind of go on in, in her show. They could... I, I don't see reasons why they couldn't do it to where, like, you gauge the... You gauge more of the interest from the casual viewer to think, like, okay, this is what's going on in Batwoman... And to make you think it's kind of interesting or whatever. And to get you to go over there. Because they're all on the same network as well. They're all on the CW. I know it's a bit different over here. But for over there, they're all on the CW. They're all on basically at the same time and all that. And you could, yeah, you could you could kind of self-promote your own your own other show. That's still based within that same universe. So even once you, let's say you're only watching Supergirl and you pick up Batwoman. They're going to cross over at some point and they'll be connected. And you see where I'm kind of going with that they, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that I mean these shows aren't new they've been on Supergirls in season 6 is it and Flash is in like season they're, 6 so I'm surprised on season 5 and 6 yeah I yeah. just there are some elements aren't they where the crisis I thought was going to solve a, maybe we're not there yet maybe the next season was going to be a lot more synergy between them and we would see characters lending themselves to each other and you know maybe that is their plan for their next seasons but so, it's yeah. just disappointing that it didn't happen there and i just i felt there was a real peak at crisis really good and then for some of them the storyline just went into a real rock bottom trough and you know i i've seen some of the graphs of figures that they release about the viewership and to see them going on such a decline is sad for you know what the, there's a lot of potential for them so um you, yeah. You've also got the chance as well. Let's say something like Black Lining, which is quite dark and and that sort of stuff, and a very very different tone. What about if you like put the Flash on there for an episode and see how he kind of handles that world, or you do the opposite, where Black Lightning's in more of a darker sort of um, you know city and story and all that, and you put him on the Flash on the Flash, which is a more light hearted show, and you, you, yeah, you just start to mix things up a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. you could you could possibly do that. So I don't know. Um, but uh, what was the other thing you wanted to talk about? No, that was, those are, so those are my, yeah, something old, the Titans, something new, Alex Ryder, and uh, multiple things have all come to an end around about the same time, that's me, um, I've got a few things on the go at the moment, I've, I'm, I've sort of like, I've spread across all of the networks, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to finish The Orville Season 2, which I'm very behind on, Kept dropped on Now TV um a couple of weeks ago so i thought i'm just going to quickly watch that that's i'm enjoying that emergence which i know has been dropped but i'm going to finish that pretty soon and i'm watching like the procedurals the 911 um, 911's brilliant that's such a good show so good i just you know i'm that takes so long to come to us and i just know that i'm trying to savor the episodes now because it's going to go and probably not going to get it for a, for a good year, maybe 18 months. Um, but yes, yeah, so so much money is put into that program that makes it really convincing and really good compared to some of the other ones I've seen. Like I've, I've been watching like Chicago Fire earlier in the year and I've seen that, but the, the expense and the, the focus that they have. And uh, did you watch the most recent episode, Matt? I think... Um, yeah, was it four? Ve- Episode uh, three. It's the one where Athena's um, ex-husband gets pulled over. Yeah, yeah, the whole uh, police um, yeah, so that, thing. That was made in October in America, but for the timing to hit England at this Funny time. Funny timing, yeah, yeah. The the comments on some of the threads and IMDb are just sort of praising 
the depiction of that storyline uh, about the relationship between the father and the son and him having to have the talk and like that talk is a real thing that that people in the BME community have to go through about talking the, about their interaction with police and I just thought it was a really really good episode I was I was like really taking it in and yeah I enjoyed that um, but yeah that, that that's what that's what I'm watching at the moment but yeah, yeah that's a brilliant show so yeah and it is weird with the timing because none of this stuff was sort of happening in october we didn't even have like you know because obviously the virus was before mm. all the protests and stuff so none of that was you know even happening in october and it happened to have hit now so because uh, that aired a long time ago in the u.s even didn't it yeah so, yeah. yeah so uh, interesting timing but um yeah so uh, that's all the tv we've kind of been watching and stuff we do have some emails as well about some tv stuff so if you'd like to send in that sort of thing give us some spoiler free spoiler free thoughts on any of the shows that you've been, you've been watching uh if those of you out there have any thoughts yourselves on titan season two or uh, on any of the other shows that you're watching please feel free to email us matthew at entertainmenttalk.org uh, twitter etalk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes jared says uh with all these streaming services pumping out so much tv what do you think will happen as not everyone can afford or watch everything um yeah this is a question i've considered before as well because you know w- within a couple of years or a couple of months you had uh, apple tv plus came out disney plus came out the same month dc universe came out uh you've still got the likes of hulu netflix hbo amazon uh you've got nbc's peacock thing which is coming out soon um what's the other one that that came out as well the other streaming service was it the cbs one in america there was a cbs cbs all access, all access yeah and then yeah. you've got that quibi thing yeah and then britbox which shouldn't exist and no one cares about uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you, you got quite a few out there and of course with all them they're going to want to you know they've all they're all in competition with each other so they're going to want to pump out as much tv as possible uh so i quite like this question quite a lot my answer to this i don't know what this exactly looks like but I think we're headed for not necessarily at the moment because we happen to have got to a situation where no one can actually make any television unless it's you know post-production uh, sort sort of state. Once everything gets back to filming and once we get back to not the new normal but the actual normal that we're supposed to you know be at before all this stuff. Once we get back to filming TV and TV and can kind of release as normal. I thought we were heading for a TV crash where we would have been in a situation where like. Uh, th- there will be a show on a streaming service that like maybe you're not ready to sort of pay for yet or you, d- you just don't have the time to watch it and maybe it gets recommended over and over and over again that could happen with 15 20 shows where some people might say to you like oh we should check out this and that and this and that because there is just so much tv out there and one of the reasons for that not only because a lot of stuff gets created but because there is so many streaming services out there and they're all going to just continue to pump out television uh, so I don't know what that looks like exactly, but some some sort of TV crash to where like even the best of the best you don't have the time, and or maybe the money to 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 watch it uh, because you, you you'll already be subscribed to what like three or four streaming services. Do you want a fourth or a fifth one to watch that extra show? Do you have time to watch watch that extra show because you're already watching things on three or four streaming platforms? So uh, yeah, I think it's I think at some point it will get to a point maybe where things start to pare down a little bit because there's already deals in the US to where like okay if you want I think it's Hulu Disney Plus and ESPN you can get that for like $15 or whatever uh, of course we don't really have that over here but um, mm. but little bundles like that I think will start to happen a little bit more but um, what, what, what do you think of the current sort of state of all that? I think we are heading towards a saturation issue mm. with um, 
the content being the way that it's being put out there. We, we've got a global issue in terms of the way um, some companies are focusing on specific regions, and that's going to really start hitting other countries. Like we want a lot of the Hulu content and the HBO Max, but it's not being made available to us unless you know companies like Sky hold out on us or Netflix buy streaming rights for us. So there's a bit of a you know there's a, there's not a fair universal approach, which I think we should head towards. That when a program gets released, it gets released universally. Mm-hmm. But what I think is going to be more evident and, you know, if this is not what the companies want, that's fine. But it's going to start becoming community based um, app sharing. So, for example, um, my friend has a Disney Plus account and you can have so many logins. So he pays for the extra logins and his brother has a login and I have a login. And, you know, then I have the Amazon Prime that has multiple and, and they have so It's the community feel so that I could sit down here uh, and as a single person, I don't have to pay for all five, six streaming services I want. But in the community amongst us, the three or four of us who are paying customers, we have access to everything we want. So if I want to watch something on Disney Plus, I'm like to my friend, do you mind? I'm just going to watch Disney Plus tonight, but I've got a login, so I just do it. And, you know, same with Amazon. If he wants to watch anything on Amazon Prime, you can use my Amazon. And so... The community approach to TV seems the way you're going. And in big families, that can happen. You know, big families, teenage children, they might get one device and the others, parents might have the others. But that's where I think sensibly you would go. As a single person, single household, you should not have to get all of them. Mm-hmm. It's got Definitely. to be a little bit more balanced. Yeah. But it's the case of like you know, there's there's so many of these companies, and they all want they all want your money and your time, don't they? Because that's obviously mm. how how they run their businesses, um, and that sort of thing. So Netflix Netflix only wants you to watch Netflix because they only obviously care about what they've got. HBO only only wants you to watch HBO, and on and on and on. Um, because let, let's say Disney comes out with a new show, they're not going to go, okay, you can watch go, go, go and watch Stranger Things on Netflix. They want you to watch you know Mandalorian or whatever the case may be. So. Yeah, but uh, it is. Um, it'll be interesting to see once things get back to to filming and things get back to being created and all that. Uh, how that sort of um, shapes up. Plus, HBO Max just launched. Apparently, it's been a big disaster because it's not available on things like Roku, which is really weird because that's like one of the biggest uh, streaming device platforms out there. Um, I don't know when NBC's Peacock is supposed to come out, but that's supposed to be sometime soon. So, um, yeah, but yeah, th- there's already. And the six, seven, eight of these things, depending. So, mm. yeah. But uh, just remember, everybody, you don't need BritBox because half the stuff on there is on all four for free. <laughs> so <laughs> I tell you, the, the amount of times I've seen like, an advert, a, a, a uh, I think it's like a targeted advert on Facebook, and it'll be like, "Oh, watch this show on uh, BritBox." I'm like, "Yeah, that's on all four. And then there's yeah. another one. Yeah, that's on all four as well. And it, there's so many of them. But basically, most of um, all four's uh, original catalog or Channel Four's catalog, things like In Between is. You know, skins, misfits, whatever that those sorts of those sorts of shows, they're on all four for free. So why would you pay for BritBox? But yeah, so. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to the next question. Daisy says, "How do you feel about rewatches?" Uh, there's three like sort of separate questions here, but they're all maintaining to the same thing. Uh, how do you feel about rewatches? How uh, do you do it much? And any specific shows? I used to when I had less stuff to watch, which didn't become that situation for very long because you know then a bunch of shows started coming out and streaming services happened and all that sort of thing uh so i used to watch more rewatch other uh more shows in the past um 
I've rewatched Big Bang, not all of it, but some of the earlier seasons of Big Bang Theory I've rewatched a few times. Uh, 24 I've done that for, uh, Breaking Bad I've seen twice, uh, or some of the other shows. Uh, I'm, I think The Inbetweeners I've seen twice or whatever, but uh, going on from what we were kind of saying earlier, in terms of rewatching things, there's, I mean there's not enough time for all the new TV, so like going back and thinking like, oh I'll just rewatch this show or whatever. Uh, to, to to me at least, I mean, pe- people might have different tastes and different sort of ways that they consume all this all this TV. But uh, to me, there's just there's no time to really do any of that. And um, yeah, so I, d- I just don't end up doing that because already when I'm going to, you know, put time into watching TV, there's just I always just go to new stuff. So, what one of the other things I kind of thought about as well is like some of the really good memories of some of the best TV I've got out there. If I were to go and rewatch some of them things i i kind of want the original memory the, the good memory of the show that i've got there and if i go back and think like oh yeah that scene in breaking bad was really really great and i'm not saying breaking bad would let me down or whatever but let's say i went back and watched those scenes i probably wouldn't feel the same thing i watched the first time that i saw it yeah, it wouldn't totally it, would, it wouldn't have the same impact because I, I i know what's coming up um if you think about things like the ending of unbelievable i sometimes think about that scene still and how impactful it was if I went back and rewatched that scene or that episode, it might not have the same impact because mm. I, I already kind of know what's coming up. Because the first time you watch it and you don't know what's going to happen, it just hits you in a completely different way. So to me, it's all it's also a sort of a, a memories kind of thing where I wouldn't want to kind of tarnish the memory of a really good show that I've seen or sort of change that. I'm I'm happy with kind of what I've already got there. Um, but uh, how about you? Mine is all is all about the context in which I'm viewing. So, right. um, what if I'm cooking, for example, and my concentration's got to be on cooking, then <laughs> I will whack Friends on in the background. Um, and I'm probably on my like thirty fourth rewatch of Friends since its original release. You know, and because to me that's comfort viewing background. It's, casual stuff, yeah. Yeah, casual stuff. But then there are some things like I was feeling a bit low the other week. I'm sure I won't mind sharing. It's you know it's a tough time at the moment. So mm-hmm. I wanted things to make me feel warm and like from the past. So I started binging Vicar of Dibley, and you know those sorts of things. It's about the context of the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. Some of the good programs you talk about, like in my head, I keep thinking I must go back and watch Breaking Bad again. I must go back. But then exactly what you said. I don't want it to be tarnished in case I don't enjoy it as much. Whereas things like Vicar Dibley or Friends or Will and Grace, I can stick on. They're just warming. And for the context, they get me over that hour two hours where i was just feeling a bit i don't want to watch something new i don't want to have to concentrate you know 100 percent on the plot and the dialogue and what's exactly going on i want something i can put on in the background scroll through my phone for half an hour have something cooking and not worry about it for for that you know so it to me the rewatches come with context i i don't think i consciously look at something and go oh, i must rewatch that soon um mm-hmm. yeah that's how I feel about it. <laughs> to me as well, it's a case of like, uh, okay, let's say I decide to rewatch season one of The Walking Dead for some random reason. I, I can guarantee you that one, if I'm halfway through that pilot episode, I'll be thinking like, oh, there's that new show on Netflix that I haven't seen yet. And yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll prefer to just spend the time with that instead. I totally understand what you're saying. I'm just saying from from a different perspective as well. Like the the idea of just randomly rewatching something for no reason uh, i understand people do that as well but i if i was about halfway through that pilot episode i'd think like oh i'll go and watch this week's 
Central Park episode on Apple instead. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but um, I think we've answered that question. And then the last one comes from Natalie. Uh, what do you think are some of the most overrated and underrated TV shows out there? For me, I would go with Lost as overrated and Lucifer as most underrated. Um, I think for me with overrated, now... Don't take this too sort of seriously or whatever, because I've only seen two episodes of the show. I think Peaky Blinders is a little bit overrated. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I just sort of I I've heard just endless praise a lot about that show. I watched the first two episodes. I was like, this is good. Like it's it. And granted, if I if I watch more of the show, I might sort of think like, oh yeah, I can see what everyone's talking about, and this show's really really amazing and that. Um. But uh, I've I've sort of I, I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there, and I sort of think, okay, there's probably quite a good show in there. But I yeah, wasn't blown away by maybe sort of the start of it. But that's one of the one of the examples I can think of of an overrated show. Um, I was I was trying to think about underrated shows, but then all I could think of was things that are like some hidden gem sort of stuff, like Dragon Prince on Netflix, which not that many people have sort of heard of. But I don't know if you could really class that as um, underrated. What, 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 one of the other shows I'd maybe put in that category to, I guess, go against Natalie here. I think Lost is a little bit underrated. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I think, to me, it's still, I mean, it ended 10 years ago and people are still debating that, which is you know, an interesting an interesting thing in that. But I sort of think that some people look at the way the show ended. They maybe don't understand it quite so much and they sort of dismissed it slightly. Um... But I still think it's one of the most ambitious shows that's that that's maybe been on on TV. Um, I think as well. What, what what about you for overrated oh, and underrated shows? I'm struggling. Um, I the thing is, I can say things, but I don't feel like I have enough evidence to back it up. A bit like um, my Peaky Blinders thing. Yeah. So like Game of Thrones, <laughs> you know, I've always felt that a lot of people watch that more because of everyone else was telling them to watch it than they should watch it. So I struggle with it. I mean, as like you, I've ne- I've watched episode one. I think I've watched episode one twice in a desperate attempt to want to watch it, um, but never really got beyond that. So I think that's that's definitely where my overrated. Um, but I'm you know I'm a procedural guy, so I will sit here and I will name some some procedurals which I think are underrated and they're really good storytelling and but they don't get enough coverage because they're just like your weekly procedurals mm-hmm. um so that's where i sort of sit with at the moment so um you know we, we can talk about 911 i just don't think that gets enough coverage of how good it is and how they cover it but also if you think about all the medical shows they put out there i really like what the good doctor does but not many people talk about it unless you really know that niche sort of like medical drama element they're like oh this is a really good it's like house and house back in the day got lots of acclaim and I, you know, so that's where I sit. So I think some of the procedurals are underrated, and some of these really big, lavish, you know, HBO dramas that everyone talks about and hashtags. I think sometimes are overrated. Um, I'm not sure, but maybe it's a controversial opinion. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you shouldn't apologise for your opinions. So, uh, one other one I wanted. To... Yeah, one other one I want to throw into the mix, which I've only seen, I think, three episodes of Doom Patrol. I think it's a little bit overrated. Some people have said, like, oh, this is the best DC show and that. And I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't think I'd quite go that far. But again, I've not seen the whole first season or yeah, season two hasn't started yet, is it? Um, I've not seen the whole first season. So maybe if I watched more episodes, I'd, I'd get more into it. But uh, yeah, that, that show has been given a lot of praise. And I just expected a bit more when I was when I was kind of watching it. But uh 
yeah, I don't think it's the best DC show. I don't think. Or some people said like the best comic book or the best superhero show. I think that's where you get into like Daredevil territory, where that's probably one of the best uh, comic book shows out there. Um, plus, things like Walking Dead are also comic book shows. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, um, thought, I think the boys as a comic book, you know, that was that was quite um, underrated, underpromoted, I think. But obviously over here it got put on Amazon Prime, and I thought that was a really good um, approach to a comic book. So you know, yeah. this yeah, so many discussion points. <laughs> yeah, that that was a good show as well. Yeah. Very very violent, but <laughs> yeah, very violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the first episode right to the last, but uh, no, that was a good show as well. Um, what well, one thing to to kind of bounce off of this a little bit. Um, Let's throw four shows out there each. I've picked four very randomly on the spot. Uh, four shows out there that you'd recommend our listeners to go and watch. doesn't matter what platform they're on, just uh, if you want to throw some names out there for TV shows. Oh, um, if you are into documentaries, my first recommendation would be to go and watch Macmillions. Um, if you can get it on Now TV or Sky or if you find it in any other way. But Macmillions is what going to be my documentary, so that's my first one. Matt, do your first one, and I'll keep thinking about my second one. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe to double dip a little bit, but I'll go with Dragon Prince on Netflix. I know I've already kind of said about it here, but uh, very good show, very short and sweet. And the thing I'll say as well about that, I know I said it, it kind of needs a fourth season. If it doesn't get a fourth season, it's not the end of the world. I'll say that as well. Because I, I think there was a, a, a clear path that the show had told you it was going to do, kind of. But if we don't get a full season, it will it will kind of feel to me as a case of like, okay, we just didn't see that go through. But I, you can kind of see what they're going to do with season four. But uh, yeah, that's one that I, that's that's my uh, first recommendation. What's your okay. second one? Uh, my second one, I'm going to go back to Amazon and I'm going to say go and watch Upload. Um, I think that's a really good variation of the of the story of the future and technology. So Upload is my second one. A little bit of a hidden gem. Okay, my second one on Amazon is going to be... I was reminded of this today because a season two trailer dropped out of nowhere. Uh, Hannah, the first season of that, is a really, really good show. That's got uh, Joel Kinnaman in that show as well. Uh, I'm not sure of the actress who plays Hannah, but that's a really, really good show. If you're into action sort of stuff, which Amazon do have a fair few of them, don't they? They've got like Jack Ryan, they've got Hannah, Alex Ryder, I think is a bit like that as well, um, and some other stuff. But uh, yeah, Hannah, season one with season two apparently I, I haven't seen the trailer so i don't know what the date is or if they gave one but uh season one's available on uh, on amazon prime i think that's a re- an original as well so it should be available globally but that's a really good uh, action show as well what's your uh, uh third choice third one i'm gonna go over to all four for a comedy and that's home seasons one and two of home oh, uh, which so home is a, a six part comedy season one and six part in season two it's about a family who go on holiday and uh, an immigrant gets into their car um and they end up having to live with him and it's about his life trying to fight for his rights um and you're seeing it from a very different perspective and uh, it's really good it's got rebecca staten in it as well she's brilliant actress she's been in lots you'd recognize her face as soon as you put the program it's got loads of sort of critical acclaim but it didn't get loads of huge promotion and it ran just uh about january february this year mm-hmm. um yeah absolutely all four go and watch it and, and i think you'd really enjoy it cool my third one is a show that's been nominated for a good few awards and has won some but i still don't think enough people talk about it 
I'm not going to say it's underrated in that regard, just one that I definitely recommend. Uh, the best show on Netflix, Unbelievable, which I gave a lot of praise oh. to last year, which was, uh, yeah, e- easily, yeah, I still think it's Netflix's best show. Sorry, sorry, sorry Stranger Things, but uh, Unbelievable, I think, is uh, very, very different, obviously, but uh, I think that's Netflix's best show. The best TV show of last year, Merritt Weaver giving one of the best performances I've I've ever seen. Um, also, there's Ketlin Denver's in there and Tony Colletti. Really, really good stuff. Very, very emotional, so don't you know, don't go in there expecting any kind of fun in any sort of way. But no, if, not you, if, at all. if you want an emotional, hard-hitting, really well-told, really well-acted story, that's certainly one that ticks that box as well. Uh, what's your number three? That's no, number four, four now. Number so four. my number four. Um, so I t- heart back onto if you are looking for the range of procedurals that TV puts on there, and I'm going to actually look for a British one uh, with a British actor, and it would be Vera. That sounds like you know, it's, a, it's so good. Brenda Blethyn, um, she does four episodes a year, I think, and then all two hour long, and they normally go out on a Sunday night, so I wait and binge them when they're a little bit together but so so good for procedural storytelling and really good acting um so that's my other sort of suggestion if i was going to suggest one that's a bit left field i wasn't expecting to suggest that but anyway (laughs) what's your fourth one matt uh my fourth and final one is one we mentioned earlier the morning show again a very much a a hard-hitting um tv show because it's about the me too movement and uh, some other stuff but really really good performances from steve carell jennifer aniston and reese witherspoon so following on from uh feel good which has got one friend's cast member if you want one of the other ones which is jennifer aniston she's on uh the morning show also from the office steve carell is on uh, the morning show as well but very much a hard-hitting show really really enjoyed the first season it's got a second season on the way um but that's one that i'd recommend as well i was trying to think of comedy shows to recommend but i think most people have seen the ones that i was going to say i was going to say things like rick and morty and the good place but i think a lot of people have uh possibly already watched those mm. so um cool i think that's the end of the uh episode gray thank you very much for joining me today hopefully we can do yeah. this again at some point in the future thank uh, you, we'll, yeah thank you you're very welcome um yeah we'll see what we can come out with uh for gray to do on entertainment talk with me uh in the future we'll, we'll decide that at some point soon but if you want to, yeah, if you want to find Gray on Twitter, uh, where can they do so to see what you're um, talking about on there? Just come and find me at Gray the Geek, a mixture of me saying about good TV programs and also complaining as a consumer because <laughs> um, so they can reply. So, yeah, that, that's me. Cool. Well, sometimes, you know, we want better from our services. So, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I moaned the other day, yes, a couple of days ago about Apple. So, yeah, sometimes some companies just need to do a bit of a better job, I think is the message there. So, uh, but for Entertainment Talk, entertainmenttalk.org, of course, uh, Talk UK for, for Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So if you want to follow us on there, should say as well for TV and film news, if you want to find any of that up-to-date, reliable TV and film news, David is on Geektown, geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio on Tuesdays. He has both me and Gray as recurring guests, as well as Bex. You can also find Bex on uh, Trista Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S, on Twitch uh, to see her streaming, some fun chats and games, and apparently being chased by the alien in Alien Isolation which he's been playing as well so go and check out all that fun stuff uh, Trista Bytes B-Y-T-E-S so subscribe to her follow her and you'll be notified when she goes live Uh, for everything else for entertainment talk there's a few options for how you can support us we are on Patreon you can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for review options and our free podcast options speaking of Amazon but not Amazon Prime specifically if you are shopping on Amazon 
uh, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. That's it with the affiliate link. iTunes feeds are on there, of course, and so is Geek Town. So search for Entertainment Talk and Geek Town on your podcast services. Uh, and please rate, review, and subscribe to both of those. That would help us out. Word of mouth, you can simply tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, all the podcasts that we've got, and all that sort of stuff going on. Uh, or Twitter and Facebook, share them on there. And if you can, put them in different Facebook groups. Lastly, streaming, like I said, Bex, Trista Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S, go and follow her on there. Uh, I stream on Twitch sometimes, so does Dave. David, uh, you're not on Twitch or anything, are you? I am not. No, I am. No. I'm to my limit on social media. <laughs> cool. I just wondered if I if I should add you to the poll there. But uh, yeah, you can also find me and uh, Robert on Mixer, Mixer for the FIFA streaming uh, stuff, and Robert streams on there sometimes as well. And also look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thank you all very much for watching, uh, listening. Sorry, what did I say? Watching. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye bye.